there's no better deal for $4 than the Wendy's 4 for 4 meal. Start with our Junior Bacon Cheeseburger. Made with fresh beef and freshly cooked bacon, crisp all-white meat chicken nuggets, natural cut fries, and an ice cold Coke. All for just $4. No one makes $4 sound as good as Wendy's. Get more for four. The four for four meal deal. Now at Wendy's. Offer includes small fries and drink at participating Wendy's for a limited time. Prices may vary. Offer not valid in Alaska and Hawaii. Fresh ground beef available in the contiguous U.S. and Canada. Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth with your host, Diane Helbig. Diane is a leading small business development and leadership coach, author, and speaker who is passionate about sharing valuable ideas, tips, and techniques with business professionals worldwide. Diane brings you the world's experts and gurus in all things business, whether it's sales, structure, social media, planning, or plateauing, guests bring their expertise and energy to each episode. When growing your business is your focus, Accelerate Your Business Growth is the show to listen to. Got a topic or guest suggestion? Let Diane know. The goal is to make sure you have the information you need to move your business forward. Thanks for joining us. Settle in and enjoy. Well, hello. I hope everybody's having a wonderful day. I do want you to know that today's show is pre-recorded, so please do not call in. The show is sponsored by Audible.com and Expert Insights. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free book when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth. Expert Insights is my latest book, It's actually made up of 10 episodes from this radio show. Each chapter provides information you can use in your business today, and you can get the book at Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com. I am honored and thrilled to also share with you that this show made the list of the 100 podcasts to listen to if you want to be smarter, wiser, and better on Inc.com, and we made the list at number six, so we're very appreciative of that. Um, I also know that the reason that happened is because of the great guests that we get on the show and that I have had the honor of speaking with over the years. Today's show is no different. Uh, Our guest today is Deanne Turner. Deanne is Vice President, Corporate Talent for Chick-fil-A, where she began her career more than 30 years ago, and she's the author of the new book, It's My Pleasure, The Impact of Extraordinary Talent and a Compelling Culture. Deanne believes people are the most powerful commodity in any organization, and companies that recognize the value of individuals can succeed not just ethically, but financially as well. In addition to serving on the boards of the Kenya Project and Proverbs 31 Ministry, the married mother of three is also active with a variety of family-focused missions that support women and children. Thanks so much for being on the show today, Deanne. Oh, thank you, Diane. It's truly my pleasure to be with you. Well, I, I was telling you before the show, and I want to make sure I start the show by saying, your book, It's My Pleasure, is without a doubt one of the best books I have ever read. 
And I highly encourage, and my listeners know this, I don't always do this. You know, I interview a lot of authors. I don't always say, you guys have got to go out and get that book. But this is a book they all need to read. So I want to thank you for writing it uh, and for being here to share some of your lessons. (laughs) Well, here we can be honored together. So Thank you so much. uh, My first question really is around culture. And and I'm wondering if you can share with my listeners why you think that um, a company should create what you call a compelling culture from the beginning and and why that's so critical to their success. It's so much easier from the beginning. Oftentimes I'll get phone calls from people that will say, help me with our culture. We're struggling for this reason or the other. And and I, I recognize how fortunate I was in my role that when Truett Cathy, the founder of Chick-fil-A, started Chick-fil-A, he started with these principles in mind. And it's so much harder um, to go back and recreate that. It can be done, uh, but it's far harder. And so as I talk to a lot of small business owners and entrepreneurs that are just starting out, you know, they're all about the strategy. And, of course, you have to have a great business strategy, but think about the culture, too, because it's really the power of the and, of culture, and strategy that you need to be thinking about as you start your business. So um, those who have the opportunity to think about these things, focus on on what they're going to create in their culture um, to begin with, um, usually end up being far more successful. Yeah, I can really see that. It's it's pulling people along with you instead of thinking – so much on the strategy that you're not thinking about how those people can make it either easy for you to grow and and head out from the gate successfully or struggle in areas that you are really unnecessary to be struggling. Absolutely. When you make it a great place to work and um for people and they can attach themselves to a bigger cost than whatever yeah. the business is and they can see the higher calling in it if you will. And then they're able to walk alongside to focus on business goals with you instead of this constant distraction of um, all the things that happen when you you create a miserable place to work. Right, right. And there's that us and them sort of mentality that never works. Mm -hmm. Right. So so what does it mean to hire talent as opposed to hiring people? Mm. Well, you know, we can get, when we talk about, actually talk about, and it's my pleasure, I say selecting talent versus hiring people. And um, what I mean by that is, you know, you can go out and hire people. You can fill jobs. You can get warm bodies. That's what I think about when I think about hiring people. But selecting talent is really focusing in on what skills, abilities, competencies do I need in a specific role to help grow my business. And then going out and selecting the very best person I can find for that for, for that role and um, engaging them in the whole onboarding process and connecting um, with my business, that is selecting talent. Um, when we just hire people, it's kind of transactional. And that's really what we get in return in their customer service. It becomes transactional versus really engaging someone in a role, engaging them as a team member, and then um, watching them flourish and blossom um, as they engage with guests. Yeah, when I was reading the book and I was reading that part, I kept thinking about how I have clients who they hire for you know a multitude of reasons. It's a family member, which is always an interesting dynamic, or it's a friend, or it, they don't necessarily really understand hiring, and they end up 
having people in roles and and then they're not happy. The, the owner isn't happy, mm-hmm. and really neither are the employees. And what I always say to them is, first you need to look at the role. Forget the people who are already in them. Like pretend like nobody's in the role, and and look at the role and say, this is what I need to get done. This is what I need to accomplish. And it's stick person A and stick person B. It's not these personalities mm-hmm. of people, right? And then mm-hmm. take a look at the people you have and ask yourself the question, of the people I already have, who should be in which role? Because sometimes they're right, just in the right. wrong place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, J- Jim Collins talked about that, you know, in, in Good to Great, when he talked about getting people in the right seat on the bus. And then right. it's my pleasure, I, talk, I give an example of a Chick-fil-A operator in Athens, Georgia, that came up with a great idea. Um, of course, we have a number of roles in the restaurant. All of them are hard, by the way. It's hard to work in a in a quick service <laughs> restaurant. But um, some fit people better than others. And, and my son was an athlete there um, at the University of Georgia, and he, he worked part-time for the local Chick-fil-A operator. Now, I have to say he was an offensive lineman. So um, to say the least, putting him in front of, customers all day to ring up orders and smile and say it's my pleasure probably wasn't the best fit i love him but that probably wasn't the best fit for him and this operator knew this and he would hire athletes to work in the kitchen and um if you know our chick-fil-a sandwich all of our um chick-fil-a's are hand-breaded right there in the restaurant so and they're filleted and they're prepared um very specially and, and it takes kind of an art to get it out flat where it's just cooked perfectly and hot and juicy for you when you receive it. And that was his job. And um, so these strong, muscular athletes um, would work in the back. And then they got competitive. How many fillets could they <laughs> bread in an hour? And uh, because they were athletes, so they became competitive. And, you know, right. then he took other team members that had those wonderful PR skills um, to greet a guest and to remember to say it's my pleasure and all those things. And, those were the people that waited on the guest, and he found just the right role for everyone. You go to the drive-thru, you've got to have somebody who is a, a, you know, a multitasker on steroids and the ability to move at a very quick pace. And you look at all those roles and you find the right match, and then you really select it for talent and place people for that versus just hiring people to fill a spot. Exactly. One more thing I'd add to that, Diane. Um, this was so important to Truett Cathy about the way he looked at this because one of his guiding principles in our culture um, is long-term relationships. And that's another important part to this element of hiring people or selecting talent versus hiring people is that you're looking at a long-term relationship when you select for talent. And obviously the the savings you get from high retention makes it worthwhile to take that extra time on the front end. And um, Chick-fil-A at all levels has always invested more in the selection process on the front end. But where that's helped us is that we don't have the costs that are associated with making changes on the back end. Right, exactly. Right, with all the training and the onboarding Mm -hmm. and offboarding. Yeah, yeah, it really, it just makes so much sense. So speaking of, of the hiring process, I, I also read in the book that during the hiring process, that when there's someone you want to hire, you try talking them out of taking the job. Can you explain <laughs> what, what that thought process is? <laughs> that does surprise a lot of people, and I still have people mention that to me. Twenty years ago, you tried to talk me out of this, and I'm still here. <laughs> um, but that that is part of it. It's back to that long-term relationship, and because we want that to be so 
so good that we, we feel like that part of our success has been the ability to keep people for a long time, whether they're an operator or a staff member. And even in our restaurants, we realize that most of our team members are on their way to something else, as we like to say. But we yeah. hope that their time with us will be longer than most situations, you know. And so um, back to this whole idea of trying to talk somebody out of it, when uh, they would come into my office for their final interview, and I learned this from my predecessors, we would we would go through all the details, and then at the end, whether it was an operator or a staff member, I would say, well, today it's my job to try to talk you out of this. Because if you could be talked out of it now, that's better than six months from now when you may have moved your family left a promising career, um, caused all kinds of disruption in your life, and it wouldn't be good for either of us to get six months down the road and decide this wasn't the right thing. And so for a Chick-fil-A operator candidate, I might remind them of all the difficulties of operating a a Chick-fil-A restaurant and that, you know, what happens when the the day comes that, that the delivery truck doesn't show up on time with your product and six team members call in sick and you have an angry customer at the counter and we kind of go down the list. Um, and I do the same thing with our, our corporate staff. I, I explain to them all the potential um, pitfalls that could happen about both the organization and their job and then let them make a decision. Um, the decision is only 50% ours. We can choose great candidates, but they choose us too, and we want to be yeah. sure they have all the information to make a great decision. Oh, that's so great. I, I really, and thank you so much for giving an example. I was going to ask you that. You know, what would be an example of how do, how do you possibly talk somebody out of something that that was great? Because I can picture all of those things that, that, you know, I mean, no job is fabulous all the time. but so right. That is so great. All right, I want to take a quick sponsor break. Uh, Accelerate Your Business Growth Radio is happy to be sponsored by Expert Insights and Audible.com. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. They have over 150,000 titles to choose from, and you can listen to them on any device, including whatever you're hearing us on right now. And if you sign up at our link, which is audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth, you get one free audiobook and a one-month trial of the service. Expert Insights is uh, a book from this radio show. It brings you expertise of business gurus from around the world. It does have 10 episodes from this radio show from previous years, and is available on Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com. Our guest today is Deanne Turner of Chick-fil-A, and she is sharing some great ideas on how to build a successful business by focusing on the talent uh, which is a lot of information from her book, It's My Pleasure. Today's show is pre-recorded, so please do not call in. Okay. Let's talk about how companies can secure commitment from their employees rather than just compliance. You had said something before about you know, when it's transactional, then that's exactly mm-hmm. what you get from your clients. So. Can you talk some about the the difference there and how a company can make sure they're doing it the right way and why it's so important? Sure. One of the things we've learned over time is that people will be as committed to to you as you are to them. And so um, when people hire or manage or lead for compliance, um, they're just giving orders and people are obeying them. And so... Um, you know, they clock in, they do what they were asked to do, and they clock out, and that's the end of it. 
Um, but when you really engage people, when you um, understand what their goals, their dreams are, what they'd like to accomplish, how they best can contribute to your organization, and then put them in the position and allow them to do that for you and include them. You know, whether it's these are whether you're casting a vision for your organization or your business or you've set goals that you're trying to attain and they have a specific role for doing that and that you engage them, you know, on a daily basis or as often as possible so that um, they feel a sense of commitment to what you're trying to accomplish. And it's a win-win for both of you. Um, I think about an example of an operator um, that was with Chick-fil-A for a long, long time, and he did some simple things, but he did it so consistently that he nurtured commitment in his team members. And it's funny, you can see on social media that team members he had 25 years ago still connect with him. And I think it's for this reason. Every day when he arrived, he went through and he spoke to every team member. He said, good morning, good afternoon, whatever it was. Or when they arrived for their shift, he spoke to them. And this was the most important thing he did. At the end of the day, when he got ready to leave or the team member left, he went through the restaurant and he told every team member, thank you for what you did today. What a simple thing of thank you. And when you, you know, it wasn't about, you know, giving an extra 50 cents per hour or whatever. It was a simple gratitude in the way that he consistently treated them that way all the time. So he engaged them in this commitment. And uh, when you get compliance, um, that's the way they treat your guests too. A compliant employee, they'll show up, they'll do, hopefully they'll do, what they've been asked to do, but nothing more, no discretionary effort. Um, I think about where commitment shows up in Chick-fil-A restaurants. In fact, I was at a speaking engagement yesterday, and this lady stopped and talked to me, and she said, I just have to tell you what happened. I left my purse in a Chick-fil-A restaurant, and um, I called back, and I was so concerned about it, and the team member assured me um, that he, I was, she was actually traveling, and uh, she was going to be coming back through town a couple of days later. The team member put it in the safe for her and held it. Wow. And uh, then she came back through. Oh, I forgot. Of course, we're closed on Sunday. And she came through yeah. on a Sunday. And guess what? The store operator came and met her at the restaurant on a Sunday. Wow. And gave her when she came through town and pulled the safe out. But I mean, pulled the purse out of the safe. So these are, I mean, I could just tell story after story of this level of commitment, but, or when the, when the teenager comes up and says, oops, I threw my retainer away on my tray. And the team member says, that's okay. It'll be my pleasure to go jump in the dumpster. And find that <laughs> uh, so, I mean, just, I could, we could talk um, for the next week of those kind of um, heroic stories of commitment from Chick-fil-A operators and team members. But when you commit to them, then they commit to your guests and treat your guests that way. And that's what keeps the guests coming back again and again. Definitely. It, it's um, I, something my uncle said to me when I was with him this weekend about um, someone was asked, and unfortunately I'm not going to remember who it was, uh, aren't your, that might have been Mark Cuban, aren't your customers the most important you know, aspect of your business. And what this person said was, no, my employees are, because if I'm t- taking care of my employees, they'll take care of my customers. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a that's a great point. And I've heard, you know, people talk about, uh, you know, there's been, and I can't recall who it is at the moment either, but, you know, employees first. or yeah. um, 
I think, again, it's an and. Um, it's just a high wow. priority, obviously, for both. And it's hard, you know, if you if you save the employee, then you lose something on the guest side. If you, certainly if you uh-huh. say the guest is most important, you lose something on the employee. So if there's a way to just say, you uh-huh. know what, they're both equally as important. And some of the principles that you would apply in engaging your um, employee is going to be true of engaging your guest and vice versa. And so focusing on both of them is just critically important. Oh, that's great. And that leads me to to this question I have been dying to ask you because it was such a big part of what I got out of the book, which is, will you talk some about servant leadership and what that means? Mm. Well, you know, there have been so many books um, written on that, and and I even say that, and it's my pleasure. I mentioned that, you know, I couldn't, some of the books have been written, even some of them from my own colleagues at Chick-fil-A, I couldn't began to touch that subject, but I just wrote from my own experience of what I saw. And um, at Chick-fil-A, you know, we recognize, if I take, for instance, our corporate office, which we now call the support center, if I take that, for example, we realize that we don't have jobs if there's not a Chick-fil-A team member serving a guest somewhere today. Um, That's what creates our jobs. So, we call it the inverse hierarchy, if you will. And our business doesn't happen at our support center. Our business happens in a restaurant with an operator and his or her team members. And so they're, we're in business at the support center to serve them because they're serving Chick-fil-A guests. So that's kind of the overarching principle to begin with. And, and it's demonstrated in a lot of ways. But um, I think about a leader um, that now um, – is part of our executive committee at Chick-fil-A. And if you remember that operator I told you about a little earlier mm-hmm. that he went through every day and he thanked his employees and he said hello, well, this executive committee member when he was 16 years old worked for that operator. Oh, my and gosh. I find that incre- Yeah, I find it incredible because what he did to influence this 16-year-old who would eventually lead the operations of our business um, and the influence that he had in that chain but what he taught him was servant leadership, and so he's taught it along with a lot of other people, including Truett Cathy. Has tried, he's demonstrated servant leadership. And one of the things about this leader I'll just never forget, um, when Chick-fil-A first started sponsoring the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl years ago, um, the sandwiches were actually, it was a, a cohort of working with local operators and um, the people from the Chick-fil-A corporate office. And Obviously, when you sponsor things like that, executives have a lot of opportunities. Um, they could sit in a, a box and watch the game, a, a suit. Sure. And, um, but this leader, never. Every year, he was behind the scenes working in the kitchen, um, preparing thousands of Chick-fil-A sandwiches or selling them in the stands right alongside with his own operations team and the operators that were serving the guests. So. Um, that's in that's an everyday occurrence at Chick-fil-A. That's how we work. And so um, if we're going to be in the service business, um, which is what we are, we're in the people business, the service business, and the chicken business. If we're going to be in all those businesses, then we have to practice it at every level. And um, so it's um, – I, I have to tell one more story um, right. that demonstrates this to me. And I talk about it, and it's my pleasure, um, under our core value of excellence. But our former president, Jimmy Collins, um, he really instilled this whole idea in our organization, and he was one of the most humble, servant-minded people. He's been he's been retired now for about 15 years, but when he was at Chick-fil-A, 
one of the things he did every morning was stop and pick up the trash off the exit ramp um, off the highway to the Chick-fil-A corporate office. And he did this because he wanted every guest who came to our office to have um, a remarkable experience from the time they left the highway till they arrived at our front trash that had been thrown out and the litter was distracting from that. It, of course, was the job of the local municipality to keep it clean, but they didn't. So Jimmy did it for them. And if you can imagine, I mean, at the time when he retired, we were a billion-dollar company then. The president of this billion-dollar company gets out and picks up trash. He never said a word. He never told anybody he did that. He just demonstrated it. And so finally, I think our um, facility staff came to understand that it's probably not a good idea to have the president of the company uh, picking (laughs) up the trash. He might get hurt or run over. Um, So we've made other arrangements. And until this day, we still, our organization keeps that exit ramp clean. Um, And that's the kind of servant leadership model um, that we have at Chick-fil-A. That's thank you so much for sharing those examples. It's uh they really do uh illuminate what that really means and it's not none of it is difficult. It's a decision that you make. It's an understanding <laughs> that we are all in this together and it and that when we are all uh no one's better than anybody else and it takes everybody to make sure that everybody's needs are being met and that everyone's being taken care of and appreciated. One of the things that I got so much out of the book and out of this conversation is the level of appreciation that exists throughout the organization so that, you know, the the customers know they're appreciated, all of the team members know they're appreciated, the leadership knows it's appreciated from that you know, I'll, I'll borrow the compelling culture. It's just that whole, this is the mindset, this is what we do, and it's genuine. You, you know it's really yeah. true. It's not something they're giving lip service to. Well, we're not perfect, and we make mistakes, both with employees and guests. I mean, it just happens. Um, but that is the mindset that we start out with. We try, we aim for that. And I think most of the time we get it, but, you know, sometimes, sometimes you don't. Well, then isn't it how you deal with that? I mean, nobody's perfect, right? But then it's it's how do you yeah. deal with those things that really ends up, I think, enhancing the the level of commitment that you get from people. Well, and we do, and we do try, um, you know, genuinely to whether it's an employee issue, and and again, we just put a lot more time into things, and we don't um, when we recognize there's an issue, whether it's a, a problem in the restaurant or where it's a problem at our corporate office or whatever the issue is with a guest or an employee, we try to invest the time to resolve the issue in the most positive way possible. Exactly. Given that, I'm wondering, I, I have a final question for you that I that I feel like is sort of a, um, maybe it's like a, a wrap-up, overarching sort of question, and that is, how do you think a business should measure success? Hmm. Well, I think about, um, I have another story, and I think about what Chuck Cathy did in 1983. I realize that was a long, long time ago, but the results of that, even after his passing in 2014, are still um, the the root and foundation of Chick-fil-A. So in 1983, Chick-fil-A was experiencing its first sales slump ever. 
We had moved into a new corporate office that had put Chick-fil-A tremendously in debt. And Truett was very concerned what we were going to do. And so he took his executive committee off on a retreat. And they met for several days. And they figured out why they were in business at all. Um, And when they came back from that retreat, they didn't come back with a new sales um, plan to to contest for operas. They didn't come back with a reduction in force plan. They didn't come back with a cost reduction plan. They came back with this purpose of why we were in business at all. And the two tenets of that purpose was, first, to be a good steward of everything that had been entrusted to us, and secondly, to be a positive influence in all who come in contact with Chick-fil-A. And they put a stake in the ground on that, and actually the staff carved it in marble and put it in the front door so that everyone would know from then on that came through those doors what we were in business to do, which was bigger than just selling chicken. It was means to a greater end. And so what were the results of that? Well, that first year, um, Chick-fil-A had record sales-breaking numbers and um, has experienced a sales increase a formidable sales increase every year since then. Um, additionally, we became debt-free in 2012. We enjoy a 95% retention rate of our corporate staff and a 95% retention rate of our operators. And Chick-fil-A operators are achieving the highest retention rates among hourly workers around. I mean, it's still a high number, but it's still the high. It's still lower than the, the others. And so those kinds of results over that many years, and, and it's, still, it's still continuing, I think is based on this idea of knowing what, why you're doing what you're doing in the first place and for it to be more than just about yourself. Oh, and so perfect. I think, yeah, so I think all of that, that that's just contributed um, to that kind of success. Yeah. It's really, it's so great, and and I appreciate so much you being on the show and sharing these insights with my listeners because it doesn't matter what size business you are. It doesn't even necessarily matter if you're currently a one-man band because these philosophies and this thought process, really, it, it engages every way that you approach your business and can help so much with my listeners and anyone who reads the book uh, really be able to hone into what really matters and realize their success from there. So thank you. Oh, thank you so much. It's, I really enjoyed talking with you today, Diane. Well, thank you. Now, would you please tell my listeners how they can get the book, anything you've got you know, going on that you would like to share with them? Sure. Probably the easiest way to find out anything that I have going on is to go to Deanne, that's D-E-E-A-N-N dot Turner, I'm I'm sorry, Deanne Turner, no dot in there, Deanne Turner dot com, and um, you can find most everything I have going on there. You can find the book there. You can also find the book on Amazon dot com at Barnes & Noble and at a bunch of airports around the country, and I would love to, to – oh, and uh, I'd love to hear from reader, uh, readers and guests on my uh, Deanne Turner author page on Facebook. Oh, yay. Oh, my gosh, I will go there and put my thoughts in. It really is. I, I said at the beginning of the show, I'm going to say it again, it's one of the best books I've ever read. It It, it is – it just the the lessons that are in it and the stories and I have to say I have to tell you really quickly that one of my favorite stories is when you went when you were first hired and you went to the Christmas party, that mm-hmm. hit me you know and and 
was it Jimmy Collins or was it um it was, it was a truck. That's what yeah. I thought. Okay. Yeah. Truck Kathy, who was sitting at your table. And and I thought about it when you talked about um when Chick fil A was doing the bowl game and how the operator wasn't sitting in a box when he could have been. That sort of just belief and thought process, you you can't miss it. You know, I mean it really has an impact when people read the book and the other thing is they realize they can do this. It's totally doable. You and I were talking about that before the show. That it's not like it's complicated. Mm-hmm. It's a decision. No, not at all. That's exactly right. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. Well, thank and you. And I want to uh, th- thank our sponsors, Audible.com and Expert Insights. Get your free trial of Audible.com and a free audiobook by going to www.audibletrial.com/businessgrowth. And you can pick up a copy of Expert Insights at Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com. Our next show will be on March 14th when Bob Berg will be back with us to talk more in depth about being a go-giver. So thank you, Deanne. Thank you uh, to my listeners and to our sponsors. Have a wonderful couple of weeks, and hopefully we'll be back together again on March 14th. Bye-bye. Imagine how fast we could solve the world's biggest problems if more SaaS startups would gain traction sooner. Welcome to the Tech Entrepreneur on a Mission podcast. This podcast is dedicated to sharing experiences from B2B SaaS CEOs who are going above and beyond to deliver change that is noticed. You will hear their secrets and learn what is required to build a SaaS business that the world starts talking about and keeps talking about and how to overcome the roadblocks to do so.